0: David's prayer in First Chronicles 29. So David blessed the Lord in the sight of all of the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord of God, of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and on earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Let us pray. So, Father, we invite you in right now. We invite your Son and your Holy Spirit to be part of us. We ask that you continue to increase our faith so that we can continue to watch you do more immeasurable than we may even ask, and that that increased faith with your advice on money, talents, and treasures, let us use that faith to listen to Jesus' financial advice and apply that advice to our own lives and watch even more immeasurable work that you will do. We ask this all in your son's name. Amen. Have a seat. So if you need a Bible, um, raise your hand and one of the men will bring one, bring one to you. So Christian stewardship. Christian stewardship is giving us, is, is us giving God a portion of what we have. No, it's not. We're not giving God what he has, we're giving God what is already his. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. (laughs) For those who don't know me, I'm RJ. I'm the finance deacon here at Cornerstone. Um, We don't talk about money here much. As Doug Doug mentioned, we don't pass a plate. It's not what we believe. Um, That is a conversation between you and the Lord. So why am I qualified to stand up here and talk? Um, finance Deacon doesn't make me qualified. The fact that Jesus saved me many, many years ago and continues to correct my life as we move forward is what allows me to stand up here and talk today. So yeah, well, we're gonna talk about money. So don't tune out, hopefully you'll pick something up. Um, there are over 1,300 passages over 2,000 verses in the Bible, as Doug mentioned, it's the second most talked about topic in the Bible. 40% of Jesus' parables are about money, 40%. So yes, money, wealth, and income are all part of the conversation today. So we all have a Bible in our thing, and we all believe it's the word of God. I read some time ago, don't remember where, an acronym for what the Bible stood for. And it was the basic instructions before leaving this earth. And man, listen, we don't like to read instructions, we don't like to follow instructions, we just like to jump in and do. This is for you. It's for everyone, but man, please pay attention. Um, so, the question of the day Are you a hoarder or distributor of God's resources? How are you using what God has given you? Are you honoring God? Or are you saving it for retirement? A new toy? A new house? It does matter how we use our resources and what God's given us, whether that be wealth, money, time, talent. It matters what you do with it. John Thornton says, when we give We physically trade the promise of money for the promises offered by God. It is God who provides for us, and it is God who deserves the glory. John Thornton is a CPA and professor at a university in California. So yes, we're gonna talk about money, and we're gonna start using one of the parables that Jesus um, talks about in Luke 12. So if everyone wants to turn to Luke 12, we will start there. The top of my Bible it says it's the parable of a rich fool. So someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care and be on your, on your guard against all covenances for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possession. So, this morning, as I was going through my notes one more time, I have many Bibles. I have my hard copy, I have some electronics. And I picked up an electronic Bible that I hadn't used in some time. And as I was reading through the parable again, this verse was highlighted. And when I clicked on the little note, the note said, he with the most toys does not win. And for those that have known me for a long time, I live by the message, he with the most toys wins. I have friends that says, you've got two of everything. You've got two jet skis, two boats, two razors, two quads, two kids, one wife." But I have two of everything. Um, and I truly desired to have the possessions. Um, so let me share a story, a, a true story. Um, about a friend and I. So, I've known these folks for a very long time. You know, um, 18, 15 years ago, we started going to the sand dunes with them. I met a, a whole bunch of other great Christian people. And over the years, as we continued to do this, I looked around. Now, I have toys. And those who have been to my house to see the toys. But as I'm sitting here looking, Across what well, sand dunes you get in a big circle, like circling the wagons. I looked across, and there's a bus motorhome, and there's another bus motorhome, and there's an enclosed trailer, and they've got newer toys, they've got faster toys. And I started having conversations with Cindy because these people are all my age. How did they get what I want? We started talking about, we both have good jobs, we've been with the same company for over 30 years. But we weren't getting what they had. And as I'm looking at these people's lives, they gave. They gave to their employees, they gave to their church. They were giving people and they were blessed with toys and I wanted it all. I'm standing in the driveway of one of my dear friends. I can't even tell you the whole conversation. But he turns to me and says, if I can only have what Johnson has, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I am chasing you, and you're chasing somebody. It dawned on me at that point, I was never going to be satisfied. You have to change your focus. Um, the, you know, as I said, that wasn't anything it dawned me. It was God saying, you know what? You're going right. You're not going left. Go straight. Keep on the path you're moving. First Timothy 6, 9, and 10. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Those that know my story knew 12, 14 years ago I lost out on a promotion, but I honestly believe if I hadn't lost out on that promotion I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I am much richer in my life, in my walk with the Lord, than I ever would be from the money that would have come from that promotion. So we need to learn to be content in all situations. Paul says in Philippians 4:11 and 12, not that I speak for what I want, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with the humble means and I know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstances, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having abundance and suffering need. But does that make it wrong to have the toys, to have the blessings? If you are blessed to have the toys, there is no guilt in having those, or built to having wealth. There is no guilt in that. It's, I'm going to read from Ecclesiastics um, 5, it's verses 18 through 20. And it says, here's what I have seen to be good and fitting, to drink and enjoy once." self and all one's labors in which he toils, Under the sun, during the few years of which, during the sun, the few years of his life which God has given him. For this is his reward. Furthermore, as every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, he also has empowered him to eat from them and to receive his reward and good choice, rejoice in this labor. This is the gift of God for he will not often consider the years of his life because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. So as Dan shared out of 611, take care not to forget if you have these toys or if you have the money or if you have the wealth. You know, as Doug says, keep looking up. Let's go back to Luke. 12, 16, and 19. Bigger isn't always better is what i titled this section, um, so we'll read it. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentiful. And he thought to himself, what shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this, I will tear down my barns and build large ones, and I will store.'" all my grains and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry." So the increases in our money and increases our satisfaction. That's what the parable just said. But that's not true. Increases in money and increases in satisfaction will only bring more stress because you want more money. You will never be satisfied. There will just be more distractions. So let me share, again, a story. So I get involved with folks that struggle and need help from time to time here with the Benevolence Through the Church. And there was a one family that, when we sat down and looked, they were doing absolutely everything they could. They had, every month, they were coming up $500 short. He was, had a good job, but they were just $500 shorts. They didn't go out to eat. They didn't have cable TV. Their budget was thin. So we talked about how they could increase the money. All we were trying to do was get them to live on their own. We made some contacts through here at church. You know, back and forth, a few phone calls, and we got in a few what we call side jobs on construction sites, cleaning up debris and so forth. The next month, they made $1,500 cleaning up debris. We sat down to do their budget. They were $500 short. You would have thought they made the money. They got what they needed. They were blessed with the additional work. But what they did do is they spent it on A. They spent it on B. They spent it on C. They spent all $1,500 and they were still $500 short. Going back to that whole time frame that I was mentioning, chasing people, that was also during the housing market boom. Singh and I moved from Levine, which is in South Phoenix, up to this Peoria area about 17 years ago. We didn't have a desire for a bigger house or as large a house as what we have. We did have a desire for a little bigger house, um, but it wasn't the house we have. So we were fine. Again, we weren't chasing anybody. We weren't doing it for our own pride, our own greed. We left the the area we were in because we lived in a place where everything was one house on an acre. And they were building six houses on an acre down the street. And we didn't like what that was going to do to the area, so we moved. And no big deal. Um, But as I again go back to my story of I'm chasing them, one of the things we did is, it's now Shea Homes, but at the end of Cali Lejos, just off of 83rd, there were custom lots being built. Those custom lots were, more than my house was worth but I put $10,000 down. I told Cindy, I said, I have no idea how we're gonna do this. We're gonna sell our house and we may have to live in a tent. I was bound and determined. Six months went by and the public report didn't come out. Year went by, public reports didn't come out. Housing market starting to turn. 18 months come by, housing reports out, or public reports out. And why that's important? That was my out. God delayed that whole story enough that says, no, RJ, you're going right again. Go back to your straight path. Not only did I get out from underneath that land, I got my $10,000 back. He continually reaches down and corrects my course. He can correct your course. So, Eschisiastics 5.10. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves his income. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, and those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. So when we focus on the flesh, we focus what's going on on the earth, we focus on our income, we focus on our wealth, our house, our retirement, our 401k, pension, whatever that is, we're going to lose sight of what we need to be focused on. So what are we supposed to do? God's blessed me, my family, my kids very well. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to give. You know, you heard Doug read the invocation passage. Giving isn't always of our money. Giving is of our time. Visiting a sick friend in the hospital doesn't cost you anything. Visiting someone in prison doesn't cost you anything. You have to give of your time, no different than giving of yourself or giving of your money. But he also talks about money. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled. Plenty, excuse me, then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. Philippians two four says, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but those of others. So we give to the church, we take care of our family, and then we give to the others. It's it, it goes back. Basic instructions before leaving this earth. It's in here. We need to teach this to our children. They shouldn't have to make their own mistakes. They will make their own mistakes. They'll make plenty of mistakes, we're all sinners. But last week, we talked about talking about Jesus with our kids when we're asleep, when we're awake, when we're in bed. Jesus talks about money. Include them in the conversation. It's not just about their money, but your money. My kids, unfortunately, live exactly like I do. I wouldn't always recommend what we do and how we live. And I don't say that. I mean, we pay our bills, we're fine. But I put absolutely 100% of everything on a credit card. That will get you in trouble faster than anything I know. You have to be very disciplined to live that style. My mom taught me when I got my first credit card when I went off to college. I was leaving Buckeye and I was going to ASU. And she goes, here's a credit card. Don't use it. And if you use it, make sure you've got money in your savings account to pay for it because you shouldn't make payments on it. I didn't use a credit card for years. And back, however long that was ago, they didn't give you points. They didn't give you rewards for using a credit card like they do today. They entice us to do that. Don't do it. It's a very disciplined practice. Um, But Sandy and I have talked to our kids about their money today, about before they were working and still in school with the money we had and the toys we had. We had lots of conversations. So I encourage you to do that. When you give, don't just give because the Bible says. You should want to give because you're serving the Lord. The daily verse today in my Bible app showed up. Um, It was Proverbs 21.2. Every man's ways is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. He'll know why you're giving and what you're doing. Do it for the right reasons. So if you're giving, if you're not giving, why not? Is it the fear of not having money? John Thornton again says, Money may dictate when you serve or where you serve, but it cannot dictate whom you serve. We serve our Lord and Savior. We don't serve a bank account. We don't serve money. We serve the Lord and Savior. Giving isn't meant to make us poor. Giving isn't going to save us. Giving is going to expand our joy and God's work. So if you're sitting there saying, I got this, RJ. I can manage my money, and I can manage my relationship with the Lord. I'm here to tell you, you can't return to the Bible, you're back to your instructions. So in Luke 12, 20 to 21, lay up your treasures in heaven. And God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you, but the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. When I read through this parable, it brings to me another parable, which is the rich young ruler. So if everyone would turn to Matthew 19. And then the verses 16 to 25. And I want to show one other thing. So I have a lot of things stashed in my Bible. I found this 50 in my Bible. Jesse gave it to me. One time I a core group, he comes up and hands it to me. Score! 50 bucks! not a real (laughs) fifty. Open it up. It says, disappointed? (laughs) Jesus won't let you down. Make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. For God so loved the world He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God provides us with the things money can't buy. Love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentle, and self-control. Pray to receive Jesus into your heart. That's been in my Bible? No, you can't have it. Thank you, Jesse. It comes up every so often, but it came up this morning as well. So the rich young ruler, sorry, deterred. And behold, a man came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would honor the life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then young so man said to him, but I've done all of these. What else, shall I, what else shall I lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, Go, sell what you possess, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me." And the young man hung his head and walked away. What's your idols? What are your treasures? What are you not willing to walk away from? Is it your money? Is it your retirement? Is it your family? They all can be idols. What aren't you willing to walk away from? Jesus next says to his disciples, go get him, bring him back, we need him. No, Jesus doesn't need us. He doesn't need his possessions. And Jesus goes on to say to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with a difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. And I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus doesn't want the wealth. It's his already. He doesn't need the wealth. It's his already. As soon as we can come to grips with that, that it already all belongs to him, and he can take it whether you want him to or not. You're saying, Oh, no, please don't take it right now. If he wants it, he can take it. He'll take from the wealthy as well as the poor if you have it for the wrong reasons. Honor God with your wealth, not with lip service, not through flippant actions, but with real actions. Proverbs 11.4. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but their righteousness delivers from death. So as we started, you know, in Matthew, lay up for yourself the treasures in heaven. So the question is, are you? So question four out of the toolkit. It has been said if you want to see someone's priorities, look at their checkbook. The same could be said of our daily planners, our social media accounts. How do you feel about letting someone look over these items and evaluate how you're stewarding your resources for the Lord? who gave them to you. Why or why not? And I go back, you know, and you've heard me, I've said it sometimes because the Lord has kept correcting Cindy and I as we've moved throughout our lives. And, and Dan said it last week, can't go right and left. You can go right or left, or you can continue straight. Look to your instructions. Look to the Bible. Look for God for answers, and he will show you the path Do this before you enter the transactions. There's a chapter in Luke that says, who will build the house without first knowing the cost? Don't go do the cost and go, oh, I can't afford that. That was me in that property scenario. I had no idea. Do, seek the Lord first, then react. Matthew... um, I think it's six, sorry. It says, no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Prophet Isaiah said before Jesus ever came, you were sold for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. Your money's not gonna get you to heaven. Your giving's not gonna get you to heaven. But yes, we are to give with the right heart you can't buy your salvation your salvation was paid by Jesus on the cross Paul in Romans 6:23 said for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord it's free the money isn't needed the big house isn't needed the car isn't needed it's free Pete Briscoe, who is a pastor in Dallas, says this, Christian stewardship is the privilege of being part of distributing his resources for his glory. His resources, his glory, all we get to be is the distributor. So let us pray. Lord, may we be a people that follows your word, follows follows your instructions, that do what that we do what you want us to do. May our time, talent, and treasures be used to bring you glory, not us. May that glory be yours in all we do, and may our treasures be with you. Amen.